Welcome to New Rules Old Friends, where we share our regrets, most embarrassing mishaps, and lightbulb moment discoveries along the path. No mess up is totally wasted if you learn from it. I stepped back and I realized, oh my gosh, I'm just being a product of COVID right now and freaking out about things that do not matter. That That's like the one thing that I've seen myself do like this last year, especially it's, I mean, I've done it my whole life, but it's kind of like a microscope. Like, I feel like it's way worse when you're just like stuck at home. Yes. Because you have so the time I'll to do like it. Spiral stressing yeah. out about some stupid BS. Like, I, like that does not matter whether it's a person or a situation that I'm stressed about, like with school or church. Like, I'll just get all like worked up about it. And then I'll be like, oh my gosh, like, I know I'm spiraling on this. Like, I know that this does not matter. And I am making a mountain out of a molehill. And I can't stop. <laughs> like, um, so that's like, that's been, I yeah. haven't had like conscious depression right now, but I have totally had that. Um, and so anyway, <laughs> I, I pulled back and I realized, of course, like, yes, I can't communicate. I, I hate when I can't communicate with someone. Cause like we said earlier, we're really good talkers. I'm a really good communicator. I'm really good at it. I am. <laughs> you are. So you when really I have like, yeah. um, a you flop are. in a situation, I am just like really stressed out by it and I, I want to fix it and I can sometimes make it worse because I over communicate and then I'm just like, oh, how do I fix it? Um, so, so then I just had to be like, I'm just going to let it go. Of course, Jasmine is just, she didn't mean to be rude. She is a busy mom. She's got a lot going on. I'm not going to. I'm not even going to think about it. And so I pulled back and sure yes. enough, like a couple days later, she sent me a really sweet text that she said she had had in her, in her uh, phone. And she was like, sorry, I had this in notes and mm-hmm. I, I just kept filling things out in it and forgetting to send it, which I've done too. Like I went a whole week forgetting to text someone back and yeah, I was like really mortified, but it happens. Um, so, so yeah, I felt right. really foolish um, but it, it, it would never have happened had we not had like frustrating miscommunications in the past. And it's just like, there's some situations like, like your sister was talking to us about one with work where it's like, it, it really does not make anything better to have a heart to heart with this person. Like you guys just are not speaking the same language or they're, they're a little too, they're not rational enough for that. Like they have not exhibited enough, like just pure logic and they're too emotional. And so if you try to be reasonable with someone who's very emotional, they're just going to react with even more emotion. Um, not saying that was what was happening in my last interaction, but it was just, there were many reasons why I could not just call her and be like, Hey, I feel like I miscommunicated. I'm really sorry. Like I just, it's, it's just a little bit of an awkward dynamic. Uh, well, and it, it depends really, because right. sometimes you can and sometimes you can't, right? So I've been thinking about this as you're talking to it, trying to relate and come up with my own mm-hmm. stories just to piece it together. And um, I had I had a work situation where um, I was going back and forth with somebody in email and it was getting progressively oh, yeah. more passive aggressive, right? Oh, And so I finally just sat down and called this person and that's how I started the meeting. And I was like, Hey, I feel like you felt like I was, you know, throwing you under the bus. You felt this, I felt this, um, 
let's just clear the air really fast. And you can do that in a right. work setting because it's just work, right? And it might get personal. It usually does get personal. But I just had that ability to be like, okay, let's take a breather. This is not what I was trying to do. And she was able to be like, yeah, me neither. This is just the way that I communicate. And it was really good. But then to your point, you can't do that with personal relationships a lot of time. And, and not every interaction you have with somebody is going to be a deep interaction. If you know that this relationship, whatever it is like that you're the person you're miscommunicating with, maybe it's some lady from your school. Maybe it's like someone on the PTO and you know, this person and I are not ever going to be best friends. So I, right. Right. That's and that's totally okay. okay. So like, I don't want yeah. to have this intimate moment where I'm trying to communicate my feelings, you know, and they don't want that either. Right. So like, I'm just gonna, it, like, that's where it's like, you can look at something as passive aggressive and you can interpret a lot of things as passive aggressive. But there are many situations where even if it is passive aggressive, you're better off just being blissfully ignorant. Yeah. And and making that decision too. And I think that's also what's key is you could, you could sit, I mean, there's a couple of times with work or with, um, you know, friendships where I've sat in that crossroad and I've been able to be like, all right. I know this is passive aggressive and I can, I can, uh, you know, sort of put that in my memory bank and hold on to it and always know this is what happened. Or I can just give this person grace and say, I know in my heart, maybe (laughs) that it was a negative thing and this is what they were trying to do, but I can never prove it. And that doesn't really mean anything in the long run. So I'm just going to let it go recently with a friend where it's like, you looked at your behavior and you said, did I merit that? And you said, no, no, if it is passive aggressive and they're trying to be rude or cutting or make a statement, I didn't merit it. It's not my problem. So I'm just going to dismiss it. I'm not going to waste my time. Like, and that's where I yeah. think dismissing it. It's a lot easier to dismiss it. If you just say, I actually have no idea what's going on with them. Well, and if you are, yeah, because you, if you're looking at them, if you're just assuming the best intentions, like this person is tired and distracted, or maybe felt a little awkward, and they're not, you know, this is not like a, you know, a a hit to me. I'm not, or I'm not going to take it as that because that's silly. Right? Why would they do that to me? I'm, I'm delightful. Right. But like, ultimately, it's such a wonderful choice. Like, I once I once I made that decision before she even texted me, I really did feel this weight lift off me. Like, I just felt like at peace and calm, and like, you know what? It's fine if I did piss her off, and she's not going to tell me what her kids want for Christmas. I'll just do this other thing. Like, I had like a decision of what I was going to do, and I was like, it's not a big deal. She'll get over it, and you know, even if and and no, but I didn't even say she'll get over it. I was just like she is she's got a lot going on this is not this is not about me I'm not gonna take that personally Mm -hmm. you know um so this really reminds me of a conversation Uh I had with my sister this week actually 
where she bought Mm. a gift for our brothers and it's the same she got them the same thing and it's it's something that's not necessarily in line with their um oh gotcha just the way they're living their life right now okay well it's a bible right and and she really thought about it because she's legally blind and my Mm -hmm. younger brother is legally blind too and she had a huge just like it almost felt like a huge path was open to her when she got a large print bible you know because she's like it's difficult to read the bible and then once it's large print it's just easy like that's a stress that's taken away from you where you can just open up a passage and read it you don't have to worry about all this other stuff that goes with being legally blind and not being able to read that easily you know so she bought a bible for each of my brothers and um, her husband was telling her she had to guard herself if they opened it, this Christmas present, and they weren't very receptive to it, right? And so she was talking to me like, okay, do you think it's going to come across as passive aggressive? Like, do you think that this is a negative thing they'll say or they'll see? And I was like, Catherine, honestly, I feel like if you're entering into this gift or this mm-hmm. approach with a very pure heart and if you don't feel any of this passive aggressive or, or hidden agenda, then yes, they're going to you understand see what that you too, look for. Right. And, and even yeah. exactly, exactly. So be careful of the narrative you tell yourself. I love that because if she went into it and she saw a face that was not excited about it, she'd be like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, read into a little bit more or just realize yeah. that it's a Bible. And some people aren't that excited about getting it, but that's okay. And yeah, they're really excited yeah, still I, that she gave yes, them a gift. It's like, you know, you can find if you have a narrative going in your head, it is almost impossible to shake you from that. Like you can find evidence for your narrative easily. For like pretty much any narrative. And then and then it's, yeah. it can be like a self-perpetuating cycle where you act a certain way that makes the other person act a certain way that then plays into this narrative in your head, you know? Um, And it like that, I'm not at all meaning that every time you feel tension or a passive aggressive action that you're making it up. Like I know that there are times, like I said, I mean, I grew up, I've seen my mom and my sister be like very dead on about like how someone received something or how they responded. And, and like, I was like, wow, like they're right, you know, but how did they know that, you know, or me even like, they'll, they'll say like, Oh, well, I think I offended you by this. And I'm like, how did you know? Like, I thought I did it really well. <laughs> but like, kind of like, did you ever go mountain biking yeah. when you were at camp? No, oh, well, I, I I'm sure they had climbing. similar, a similar like concept with, climbing I would think but one of the big things that we were taught um so like Liz and I both worked at this camp in the summer when you're at college uh yeah it's like an outdoor adventure adventure camp camp, and it is like legit like I had to get certified as a mountain biking instructor I had to take a course um for safety and for um just like knowing good technique and you know they took it on on all these trails it was really fun um there were all these like crazy the guys who did it were these crazy guys from like new zealand and australia who were at this other camp <laughs> yeah they were wild um <laughs> and had no fears so it was really interesting so i did it for two summers and one of the really <laughs> um 
cool things about it that I, I think about a lot in my life actually is one of the main techniques with mountain biking is you're always supposed to look where you want the bike to go. You're not supposed to look at like, like, let's say you have to ride down a fallen log, which happens. Um, you're not supposed to look on the side of it because that's where your bike will start to veer. So like you literally just keep your eye on the hmm. cars. You, you place your eye on the exact rocks that you want to ride on. You don't look on the places that are a little dicey that could um, make you lose, you know, your control of the bike. And so your bike goes where you're looking, where your eyes go. And it really is crazy. Like we would tell the kids that, and it, it is really true. If you start to even dart your eye to the left, like your bike starts to go that way. Um, so it, it was crazy how, yeah, like that, that mind connection of like where the direction you're going and like what, what you're focusing on. And I think it is so true in life. Like, you know, the narrative that you're telling yourself, it impacts your self-esteem. It impacts your peace. Um, it impacts your ability to be charitable to other people. And you might be right. Like that person might have a problem with you, but if you have examined your conscience and your actions and you're like, I know, Mm -hmm. like you said, like, I know I am striving to be pure of heart here. And I honestly did not mean anything badly. And if that person ever asked me, of course I would tell them that, but like, I didn't do anything that deserves an apology. And I don't want to be really aggressive and call them out and say, Oh, I think you want an apology from me. (laughs) Cause that can make it worse. So like, yeah, situations where you can't communicate. I think it's really important to like, to focus on the good, to, to focus on a good narrative, to not focus on a negative narrative. Ugh, I love that. I uh, actually, I have like yeah, a small totally. little story. I like from a lot. Sorry. That's okay. It was just hard to get my thought out. So no, 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 I, no, I think it's good because it's, right. it's not extremely tangible. Right. Because it's about how your reaction to other people's thoughts and their, um, like what they were trying to achieve, your reaction is just as important yeah. as yeah. their initial goal. Right. So, um, I'm at work and I have a new project and we had a kickoff meeting with like the project team. We've been doing a lot of work with them, a lot of workshops. And then we had a strategic touch point with one of the executives and I've met this executive by the time mm-hmm. that this meeting had happened, maybe three times. And each time I came away from it, just being like, is he angry at me? I don't understand. Right. Like I feel like there's a lot of anger or, or just frustration and I don't get it. So I, um, I talked about it with my colleague and we decided to have a meeting with just him. Like, all right, let's <laughs> pull back the kimono here and <laughs> let's understand what's going on on yeah. each side from the project side and then from the executive side. Right. And we had that today. Um, and me and my colleague, Amy, we, we both walked out of it just feeling so good. We are like, there's this man that we've been talking to in all these meetings that we think he's angry with us. He's not happy. 
Um, he's not happy with the project. And then we had decided going into the meeting yeah. that we weren't going to have any preconceived notions. Like, okay, let's just start from scratch and see what happens. And I can't, I can't say how well it went to understand what his thought process was, what our thought process was to bounce ideas back and forth and just have that conversation. Whereas if I'd gone into it, assuming that he was angry or negative or, or any of these other emotions that I had taken from the previous meetings, there's no way I could have had that conversation with him, you know, but just being like, Hey, I'm not going to be scared by you. I'm not going to be intimidated by you. I know what you've said before. I know what's happened before, but this is what we're talking about today. And I know what my goals are and I know what I'm trying to achieve. And that's really to figure out what your goals and achievements are and to make them happen, you know? Um, But anyway, I just, I thought about that because it was such a cool experience for me to come out of it and feeling so positive Whereas every other interaction with this human being, I felt so negative before. So it does talk about the narrative you tell yourself. Because if I told myself, he doesn't like me, he doesn't trust me, any of this stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Then why would I have been open and and had a frank conversation with him? I wouldn't have been able to do that. You know, I would have been guarded. But without that predetermined narrative, I was able to be open myself um, creative and awesome. engage in a really I'm good so conversation that that happened too. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Cause I was really, yeah. I was well, really worried think, going into it. I, I think there because will be it does, people that yeah, like, it makes you have to do that over worried. and over again with, <laughs> because maybe they do have a problem with you, oh, but like, right. there's nothing that you can fix. Like there's like, you have a friend that we've talked about that, um, is sort of a form you've talked about on the pod is a former friend and um, there's nothing you can communicate to change that. So like, but she's still in your life and she's probably always going to do some <laughs> passive aggressive things. And I don't think you have to always just play dumb, but I think that you have to just be like, like in order to rise above somebody in order to not even like you're rising, not like you're competing with them, but like in order to just like be thinking about good things and have your mind on good things and be confident and affirming of yourself, you really have to extend that to the other person first, like for you to receive. So like, I actually, mm-hmm. I, I want to laugh at you every time you use the the phrase give, I know I've talked to you about this. You can't give yourself grace, Elizabeth. You can't. It is impossible. <laughs> it is against what grace is. But we always say yeah. it because but it is like it points to like you you have to accept grace. Like you have to like accept there's always being there's always grace in any moment yes. that you are in that you can accept or you can reject. And I think the crazy thing that I've that I've been realizing is in order for me to receive grace myself, I have to first be willing to extend that to that person, extend that forgiveness and believe the best of them. And it may not, it doesn't mean that you have to go be best friends with them either. It just means that you can gently let it go and just be like, you know what? They're, they're just going through a tough time or this, they were just tired or they had no idea that I would be offended by this, like the end. And you just move on because otherwise, at least for me, if I, if I don't do that, if I don't just determine that it was that, that there was a lot of grace on their side, 
then I do get stressed by like, well, you know, that's not right. Or that's not fair. How dare they think that about me? Like, you know, and, and then I'm, I'm like engaging in my mind with this mm-hmm. hidden agenda that may or may not be there. <laughs> like, you know, so, so maybe, so maybe the phrase isn't give yourself grace, but maybe it is by, by giving grace to other people, yeah. you're opening yourself up to accept it too. Right. Like it, it is about your yeah. approach to situations and your approach to people. Um, oh my gosh. I just thought of the perfect <laughs> analogy. Do you remember <laughs> in Anne of Green Gables? I think it was when she was a substitute teacher. And so like she and Gilbert were is married. This the You're going to tell show. me I'm wrong with all these mm-hmm. memories because I haven't read it in so long. No, the book. But she, oh, yeah, she in Wendy um, met the teacher, Catherine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. they were and she was like married to Gilbert then, right? Okay, okay. So she she is a substitute teacher. She's a teacher and she meets Catherine, the other teacher that's more tenured. And Catherine just hates on her, like everything. And she she put such an emphasis on names and how you spell them. And she wanted to spell Catherine with a K because she thought it was so pretty. And then Catherine yeah. would spell her yeah. name with a C just to spite Anne. You know, but the fact that she never took it personally and she kept trying. Yeah. And then in the end, she had a gorgeous relationship with this woman. That's that's what it is to give yourself grace. It's not giving it to yourself. It's giving it to other people. Yes. Which yeah, because, opens yourself up yeah, to accept it. Yeah, we can't conjure grace up. But when we give it to others, like like Jesus said, like, you know, if you're like turn the other cheek, like when we really just do that, that invites that invites so much grace into your life. Like, um, and I feel like there are so many scripture verses to back that up actually, but because so non-Catholics listening, please let us know mm-hmm. which scripture verses because <laughs> we know them. We just can't pull them out of thin air. <laughs> I, we I can quote it. literature, can't but we can't quote where the Bible. Like, I can't like, um, cite it. I'm really bad at being like, Oh, in Luke chapter, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think, yeah, no, right. that's, that's a really great example in literature. I love that book, too. That's a good one. Uh, your yeah, mom would have really loved that. for pulling that one up, so. <laughs> she actually, I feel like, she you know, would we'll never know, because we can't <laughs> ask her about this, but I feel like she probably did this a lot in her own life. Like, when I think about your mom and imagine what do you mean? With, like, relationships and dynamics I imagine I feel like she was very Mm. good at just being like oh that's silly I'm not going to worry about that (laughs) she didn't feel like she needed to convince people that she was great she didn't feel like like she needed to give an apology or an excuse like she was just like nope that's not my problem So I don't think we talked about this on the pod. Um, you were remembering, or you and my sister Catherine had talked about when uh, my parents, yeah. when they were first married, they lived with your parents, right? And they had uh-huh. Teresa, my oldest, and then you right away. 
And so there are like two newlyweds with two babies living together. And there was a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. for angst or, or passive aggressive behavior or just negative feelings or, or mm-hmm. an opportunity for a lot of sensitivity. And that was a conscious decision that your mom and my mm-hmm. mom made to say, no, we're not going to do that. And that's why their relationship was able to flourish because they consciously decided I'm not going to focus on the small little things. I'm not going to focus on my narrative. I'm going to accept this person and just let them be and let them have maybe not a perfect yeah. communication with me yeah, sometimes I mean, I and that's okay. Part of it, if my mom had been different, it wouldn't, it, it had to be mutual. It had to be both of them. Because my mom is also very humble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and oh, yeah. I think you have, yeah, like, yeah. I think that your mom's she's, she's determination wonderful. to, like, not be, I think that's, like, a smallness of spirit, right? That your mom just didn't, she was very magnanimous. Um, But, like, and then my mom is just, like, humble. Like, she she's just very, like, humble with herself and, like, oh, I, you know, I shouldn't have done this. Or, like, she'll take things and be, like, oh, that's on me. That's not on the other person, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's also not accepting everything, but only accepting right. yeah. that her responsibility. I think that's key too. You cannot be the right. the reason that everything occurred, right? Yeah. Like sometimes yeah. you're just the output from it. Okay. Wow, what a good topic. Be careful of the narrative you tell yourself. You always have these <laughs> well, super I in-depth, wanna, like, wonderful topics. There was so much in 